Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100%, fuck yeah. Join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going. And at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 68 of the Gist Life Podcast. Today we talk about managing stressful situations, body language, being willing to step in and do the right thing. We talk about adrenaline. And we talk about the consequences of your actions on yourself and on others. I think I got like a hangover. Are you recording? Nice. Nice. Cue the episode. I think I got a hangover. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you have a hangover? What were you doing yesterday? I almost got into a fight yesterday. What? Yeah, what? You have a way better story than me. Well, we'll start with yours because you started... It's not even a booze hangover. It's just I smoked a lot of weed yesterday. I was up late. Oh, wow, and, wow. and I kind of have a headache. That was anticlimactic. I didn't. Brother. I didn't. I didn't almost friggin' <clears throat> get tuned up. Where were you at? I was at a, an event with Maya, a Moments Magazine event. She's a friend of ours, and uh, she used one of Maya's paintings as a theme for one of her magazine launches. And Maya was there. She was showcasing some of her work. And there was booze there. <coughs> and there at the end, and of course, it's always at the end of the evening, right? There's lots of booze has, yeah. has been had. And there was this, uh, this gentleman. He, uh, it was clear that he was drunk. And there was this, one of the people that were um, helping with the event and they were tearing down and, and getting organized. And she's clearly, she does not want to be talked to. And she made that clear a few times. And so I go up and I said, are you clear what's going on right now? She doesn't want to talk to you anymore. And he didn't like that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now he, Good for you though. That's the way to do it. Cause... Well, yeah. I mean, it turned into a fucking cock fest after that. What do you mean? He's like, like he was like, bah, bah, bah. ruffling his feathers and prancing around like he's ready to go to town in a boxing ring. Really? Did he start bouncing around like, oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Seriously. He's like, there's cameras here. They're going to catch. If, if somebody punches me, it's going to be on camera. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. <coughs> oh, he thought like he was going to get sucker punched or what? I, I don't know what he was thinking, but near the end of the night when we're all all tearing down now now he's in my face oh this happened earlier no it happened all at the end of the night oh, okay but he's in my face now and probably a bit more bolder because he just shotgun a beer and his his boys like mr passive aggressive doesn't know what the fuck to do with with his friend like you just got to get out of here man because this is ridiculous i don't want to i don't want to fight you I don't care about you. You just need to leave the ladies alone. That's it. End of story. Wow. Fucking dick. He w- I don't think he would have ever. He, he was more 
uh, blowing hot air than anything. So he was. It got heated. Did I hear a, a quote like you quoted him as a fucking dick? A few times, yeah. Do you think he was really a fucking dick, or was he just like a drunk? No, misled? I think he was just. I think he was just drunk <laughs> just and, an and trying to like. No, I know. I'm just teasing. Maintain some, I don't know, uh, some scraps left of of his, you know, ego, picking yeah. up off the floor. Yeah. Well, good for you, man, for not uh, for you know. Like you gotta, you gotta step in when shit like. Well, that she was really grateful for it. She's like, "Thank you so much for saying something." I'm like, of course. Yeah. Now I got to deal with it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's hey, listen. Welcome to having a dick, my friend. That's that's the um, that's you know. <laughs> okay, just going on record. This is not me. Okay, there's a really great bit that one of my favorite comedians has, Bill Burr. He talks about, you know, he goes on and on about, like, you know, the women equality and all that kind of stuff and pay. Like, he's like, you know why men get paid a, more, a dollar more an hour? Do you know why? He goes, because for some reason, if we're all trapped on some fucking boat in the middle of the ocean and it's going down, you get to fucking leave with the kids and I got to die. That's why I get paid more. <laughs> Touche. Like that, that, like, that writing is hilarious. That's funny, right? Yeah, man. Who ties that together? This is great. But that's the point. You did the right thing. Yeah. And I knew it had to be done, and I knew what the aftermath was going to be like. Yeah. And that said, um, so I met this gentleman. He yeah. walks in, and almost immediately, he comes to me, and he's like, so how do you get to grow such a fabulous beard? <laughs> this is a, uh, a common topic that people approach me with women yeah. and men. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And so the conversation ensued about what, what needs to happen in order to have a really nice beard. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, he's just kind of growing it in. So it's not very long yet. And I'm like, well, the first thing you got to do is, is grow that motherfucker. You got to fucking let it rip. You got to have some length to actually do something with it. And we talked for a handful of minutes and then he, uh, he went to check out the event and, and what was going on. And then he came back and we ended up having quite the conversation about his, um, impression of Calgary. And, uh, it got deep real quick. Oh, is that right? Nice. Uh, it was a very, uh, it became a very sp spiritual purpose driven sort of conversation. Uh how could it not after introducing himself with like the best possible compliment? Hey, yeah, Give totally. a strong beard game compliment. And you're in forever. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, what was really cool about what he, he used this really great metaphor for Calgary. He's like, I've been here seven months and Calgary. The impression that I've gotten from Calgary is it's definitely, it definitely has diversity. Um, what's different about Calgary is, it's inclusive as well. So he's a black guy. Mm. Uh, we're talking dark, right? So he, what would typically, you would typically hear in some circles in Calgary with uh, some extremist groups, you know, yeah, there's, a, sure. there's a lot of a lot of that type of racism. He's not experienced any of that. That's great. Which is awesome. Uh, and no surprise because they are kind of tucked in the corners and hidden away a little bit, right? Yeah. You, don't, you don't actually see them unless you start lifting rocks and then they scatter. <laughs> um, so he's, he, that was what he said. He's like, Calgary's really diverse, but it's also inclusive. And he's like, and this is what I mean by that. Diversity is being invited to the party. 
inclusivity is being invited to dance. I'm like, that's a really great way to describe what it takes to actually create an inclusive community. Right. It's one thing to be invited to the party and then be a wallflower. Yeah, for sure. And not feel like you are really part of anything. Right. It's a whole other thing to have somebody say, hey, you want to dance? Shit yeah. just got real. That's the, yeah, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Will this lead to marriage? <clears throat> no, that's that's awesome, man. So then you, you uh, and, and I'm guessing what he meant by dance, that was a metaphor. That was a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, he did not want to dance. I mean, he might have, but not at that event. Was he asking you to dance? I don't think so. <laughs> you should have been like, do, do, you, do you want to dance? <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for this. No, that's awesome. So he's been here for seven months and he actually feels like it's a welcoming place. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's great to hear. Good job, Calgary. Yeah. I. Uh, it's an interesting thing, man. Like how, I, how even in my short little lifetime, how much things have changed in that way in that I don't think that there's any less I mean there's definitely whatever racism and whatnot but what I think there's more of is exactly what you displayed I think there's more people who are willing to say something when something's not right right you know what I mean so I think that those people are like to your point are a little bit more underground and I think as long as people keep speaking up when they need to speak up I think that just over time, you know, when people start to think for themselves, like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're programmed that way. But when you grow up and you start to think for yourself and you observe behavior, like you displayed with that young lady, you're going to start to realize, Oh wait, maybe, maybe I shouldn't behave this way. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let me rethink my thinking here. So I'm the anomaly now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. And so is there going to be a second date or, I, somehow I knew that question was coming. And of course, <laughs> oh, good. he's a yeah. nice guy. And cool. uh, I, I know we'll have lots to talk about. Um, and for someone who's been here for seven months, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot to know about the city, right? Sounds like we should definitely have this guy on the podcast. He would be a good guy. And, and to have Wakefield here as well. Yeah, that would be so great. There would great. be uh, some cool yeah. synergy there. Blackness from all over the globe. Yeah, and we can break down that some of that dynamic and i'll be the, uh, the the white european that hangs out with the blackness from all over the globe <laughs> yeah or whatever the fuck i am oh my god man i've had an identity crisis about my race my whole life it's fucked up because it's not obvious yeah i got that yeah like i, I it blew me away when i found out i'm like jesus did i i hope oh my god <laughs> <laughs> did i say anything albertan around burnt oh dear <laughs> no that's what i'm talking about so here's what i mean so uh this is like literally like 15 years ago when I first moved to Alberta, I was, um, just, just got together with crystal and you know, obviously you got to like, you got to go hard. You got to put out when you got a new girl that you're trying to impress. Whatever you're talking cash, right? Uh, well, whatever it takes. She definitely, you know, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, no helping mama, whatever you need. Right. So her mom was like doing renovations and that kind of stuff. I didn't even really know what I was doing, but fortunately my uncle had taught me a few painting skills. And so I go over there, I'm painting the house and blah, blah, blah. And mom is like, Oh my God, like, like this is awesome. Who's this guy. Right. And, uh, crystals, one of her uncles was there and he's like 65 year old. Good, good guy. Cool dude. You know, whatever. 65 year old white guy lived in Alberta his whole life. <clears throat> so we start chatting. He's trying to make small talk with me. Right. And I'm like 20. Right. And this guy's like 60 something. 
He's trying to make small talk with me, asking me what I'm doing for work and da, da, da. tells me what, and I said, what's your deal? And he said he was like a custodian or whatever. And I was like, oh, so, and then I'm thinking like, you know, I'm a young kid, right? So I have an idea in my head about what a custodian is and the type of person who would end up being a custodian. So I'm trying to like, quote unquote, be nice. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, so do you work in the schools and you clean, you know, clean, blah, 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 like whatever I observed in my school, right? He goes, oh, no, actually, he goes, I don't really, I don't have to do that stuff anymore. And I said, oh, what do you mean? And so then he goes, well, you know, when you first start out, he goes, they got you doing all the insert N word work. (laughs) Oh, shit. Right. He's like, they got y'all doing all this. And I'm like, I was like, oh, yeah, I swear to God, I did not bat an eye. I didn't bat an eye. And he goes, but now that I've been, I've been there for 40 years. He goes, I got the pension. Da, da, da. He goes, I kind of like oversee like whatever, maybe the guys in the school board or whatever. I was like, oh, that's great, man. Good for you. And then uh, I just kept going about my day. Mm. I like, kept working away. So it didn't even phase you. Did not phase me. Which is and, cool. And I'll get, and I'll get back to that. Did not phase me. And so I kept working away, but like an, in my mind, it's about an hour later, he comes up to me and he's like, uh, you know, kind of like small. He's like, I, uh, <clears throat> I just want to, um, I want to apologize. And I was like, for what? He's like, well, earlier, you know, I said, and I, I didn't know, you know, Crystal told me, right? Cause they all heard, they all were like, the girls were all there. Everybody's and like wide eyed. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. like jaw dropped as this guy drops an end bomb, right? Right in front of me. And, uh, but, but here's the thing. So, so I was just like, I was like, you know what, man? I'm like, it's totally fine. Like, and I appreciate you apologizing. He goes, I didn't mean anything by it. Like I just, it's a, it's more of a figure of speech. And here's the thing. No, no, no. But here's the thing. 65 year old white guys say things like that. Yeah. It doesn't make them evil, malicious people. That is language, phrases, one-liners, it was common knowledge. In fact, I would offer that it's more of a nod of the hat than it is an insult. Hmm. Does that make sense? I would ask you to elaborate. Absolutely. <clears throat> so when you first start, they have you doing all the N-word work, right? I, I This might be a little bit, uh, this is like metaphorical, but it, it's in a, in a sense, um, that's like the tough grunt work is what he's referring to. The shit that nobody wants to do. But here's the deal. It is a job that must be done. And if you want to operate a place with integrity. If you want to operate it the way that it's meant to be operated, you need to clean the fucking floors and wipe the toilets period. And somebody has to do that work. And so nobody wants to do that work, but for years and years and years, there was, there's there, and there still is, there are people who are forced to to do that work against their will and are mistreated and underpaid to do it. Right. So I'm saying that he's acknowledging that like that. You know what I mean? I don't know how to, if that's hitting the mark. I mean, it is uh, when you, in in the context that he said it, I don't, I would challenge that. Like, I don't even realize that that's what he was thinking necessarily. That's probably not what he was thinking, but that's how you took it. I took it because here's, here's the thing. I didn't really necessarily take it that way then, but what I'm, what I'm getting at ultimately is that it's not malicious in the, in the sense that what he's, what he's illustrating there by saying that is that paints a picture. Yeah, that was a reality for people. It was unpleasant. Yeah. And it wasn't about the people. It was about the activity. Right. And he and he's saying, like, when I first started out, yeah, I had to do all that work. Yeah. But look at me now. 
right? So in other words, it's a nod of the hat in the sense that, hey, if you go to work, young man, and you do, if you're willing to do the N-word work, you'll come out on top someday. Like for him, making whatever he was making, about to hit his pension, being in his 60s, having a cushy job, he was like, he made it. Like everything was working for him. But he put in that work before. Anyway, I might have went super deep well, with that. But I, I, I acknowledge you for um, for being willing to have a conversation about something that's just so touchy. And but and for and it was there was no, it was not for you. That's the cool thing. Yeah, it's like just another thing that actually needs to be put on the table and talked about, so that it isn't the little ugly troll in the corner. You know, maybe what? it's a unicorn. I'm probably the perfect person because. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't, uh, <clears throat> like you said, to your point, people look at me and some people think right away, regular white guy, white privilege over there, right? Yeah, totally. Um, other people, I might get everything from Italian to uh, Hispanic to, some people know, um, my, is your, do you, is or one of your parents black? Like people will say that to me, right? And again, now I feel always weird because people are like, oh, what's your background? Or were you born in Canada? They'll say people are weird like that. They'll say questions like that when they're trying to figure out. Like if you're a black guy, they know you're black. If you're Chinese, you're Chinese. When people look at me, they're like, what are they you? They do like the head turn and like trying to figure it out the whole time. So um, for me now, it's like when I come back now, I just go, I'm, I'm a bit of a mix of everything. Because my whole life, I thought my dad's black, my mom's white. And then, you know, whatever white means. It was pretty black and white. It was pretty black and white. It was pretty clear. And growing up, what a lot of people don't... (laughs) You're like, pun, sorry, dad joke, my apologies. (laughs) (laughs) But growing up, what most people wouldn't realize is that I dealt with some hella racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I remember you telling me the stories. So trying to... (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. It's like, great. Yeah. Ace Ventura, he's like the spy with the camera. Um, That was too funny. There's a guy beside me with a camera, and it just poked up beside the table. It's like like, a little submarine monocle. (laughs) (laughs) We've got eyes on the target. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'm probably the perfect person. When I was at a, a... a speaking like group or whatever, like three or four months ago, you get the chance to stand up and speak. Right. And I stood up and literally I shit you not. I didn't know what I was going to say while I was up in front of the group. And I knew I had to be there for like two weeks, but I was like, I'm just going to like make something up, see how it goes. Right. So I literally didn't know. You're good at doing that, man. I had some ideas, but I had no idea. And uh, And I I, listened to that talk. It was pretty good. Did you? How did you listen? Well, you recorded it. Oh, did I send it to you? Yep. Uh, <laughs> a lot of taking a lot of headshots and yeah, it's early yeah, you're on uh, your data overload right yeah, now. I'm like trying to gather my thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah. So to, well, you see that you saw the talk, but that's just it. I stood up in front of that group and I don't know what, even how I segued, but I just like, you guys wouldn't, wouldn't maybe recognize this, but what's standing in front of you is a black man. Mm. And they're all like, what? like half of the room. Was like what? Even right. saying that would have raised some interesting eyebrows. Oh, like, who is this guy? Absolutely. Are we like? Am I in the right room? Yeah. And I and I went on to say like, yeah, no, I don't. To most people, I don't look black. But growing up, where I'm from, I'm like the token black guy, and I may not look black, but I was raised as a black kid. But my, my my father's black, and his whole life, he thought he was a black guy. And then they get the bomb dropped on him when he's like 55. When my grandmother 
passed away, she left all this information in her will about the fact that she's actually a runaway Métis Indian. So you're not even half black, half white. No. You're like half black, half brown. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. <laughs> whatever shade of skin they... they depends uh, uh, on the time of year. A mixed... Uh, yeah. Oh my God, take that out, please. <laughs> David's just like... <laughs> How did I get here? Mayday, mayday. How did I get here? <laughs> Crashing and burning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, it, and it was funny because I, so high level, long story short, from what she described a hundred years ago, you were far better off being black in, in New Brunswick than you were native, wow. right? Like they were given land to black settlers. They were like all that shit. You know what I mean? This is legit. And my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, he fought in the Second World War. Um, and he may have gone to, anyway, other tours. But he he was, like, super dark. Like, straight up, right? But my dad, he, I always say, to, I used to say, like, oh, he's, like, fifth-generation Canadian, right? So he's, you can tell he's a black guy, but he's lighter-skinned. Well, he absolutely is. Isn't that interesting that I used to say that growing up? Because turns out he's fucking, he's a half breed just like me, or just like I thought I was. He's a half Métis Indian, half black. Oh, fucking incredible, right? Well, at the end of the day, we are, we are not as pure as we like to believe ourselves to be in whatever capacity that might look like. Uh, There's been a lot that's gone on over the course of the last hundred, two hundred x years. You are not who you say you are. (laughs) <laughs> you and were not be, who, and be okay with you that. were not who they told you you were yeah yeah totally yeah you can totally be who you say you were yeah so um yeah that good that that was, was good that was like a i enjoyed that a tangent that's slash what, that's what happens when you are about to start a fight yeah well, there you, you go real conversations you know what's interesting too about that is what's really funny growing up my whole life most black people this is interesting most black people are like they know what do you mean i'll give you a perfect example um you know you know allah so we were in this is a guy we gotta have on the podcast yeah absolutely we should absolutely do that so we're at uh self-expression leadership program so imagine there's like a big circle of people we're in coaches circle right and he was commando coaching so he was there covering for another person and uh he made a joke that was so subtle that only myself and the Chinese girl picked up on it. Chinese Canadian. It was hilarious. And now I don't remember the exact setup, but basically there was a white girl talking to him. And I think he might've called her the wrong name. And she was like, oh, I'm not Jennifer. I just look like her. And he's like, ah, y'all look like Jennifer to me. (laughs) Man, and no, I swear to God, nobody caught that. Oh, it yeah. was well, so it, it subtle, subtle yeah. the way he said it. And I was just like, I just started laughing. I looked over at this other girl, Jesse. She starts laughing, right? And then later in the hallway, I was talking to Al. And I was like, yo, that Jennifer joke you made? I'm like, dude, that was hilarious. And he just started like, he goes, oh, you got that? I'm like, yeah, I got that. He goes, wait a minute. He goes, you're... And I'm like, yeah, my dad's black. He goes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so in Al, he's like Jamaican black. Like yep. he's super dark. And he just he just knew, right? So I often have had that growing up where... I go to a party, whatever it is, there's a different vibration, like a different connection all of a sudden that, and I actually, that's one of the only times in my life where I've really felt welcome or understood. 
<clears throat> the inclusivity was present. Yeah, right? It's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. We we have a bit of a theme going, oh, in boy. case you haven't noticed. Inclusivity? Uh, I mean, me yeah, we're talking right. about race and um, how, how we all show up. We're talking yeah. about what happens in certain situations or... Our tendencies to to want to um, step in and or like stay back, you know, when certain things are said or talked about or mentioned Absolutely. that someone needs to apologize for. Do you step up and do you actually say what what is a, what should be said? Not not necessarily what needs to be said, but what should be said. Whether it's for yourself or others. Yeah, man, hands down. And I guarantee there's been moments in. in everybody's life across the board where they, they remember or can have experienced not saying something. Yeah. And you actually feel that's like not human. <clears throat> the whole time it doesn't feel good. There was the dialogue of, there was two conversations going, dude, you got to help her, bro. Don't do it, man. He looks like he's probably ready to, you know, burst a casket. Uh, just be ready. If you're going to do that, don't go then turn your back. Don't be dumb. Right. So I got these two conversations going on. I can tell you it's, it's a really good thing though, that you have those conversations going on because that's a level of awareness that allows you to choose. And man, you just got me in a tailspin here. And, and I would assert that's actually what makes you a good person. Because if you are not aware of the dangers and what's at risk and you just react, that doesn't make you a good person. It makes you an animal. Mm. You're just jumping in because you're like, oh, hoo, 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 right? Totally. But you're looking at the situation going, holy fuck, I could get hurt. She could get hurt. I could hurt him. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Wait a minute. This isn't right. I got to fucking do something. So that's a powerful choice that you made. Yeah. I acknowledge you for that. Well, thanks for um, putting it on the table like that because in the moment, Man, you, adrenaline's kicking in. I, I, this this goes to another conversation we've had way way back when about the uh, the fight or flight, the uh, what happens in the the urban jungle when adrenaline kicks in. Yeah, you don't know. You're not used to it. You don't know what to do with Doesn't it. Doesn't happen very often, right? For you most know, people. Yeah, and so um, my hands start shaking. I'm like, "Fuck, man!" You can feel it in yeah, the body. It was it was instant that I could feel it, and and because it's so rare, it's really hard to deal with. Yeah, and you're you're trying to keep it together. Meanwhile, your whole body's vibrating, oh, and you're yes. like in the situation. You're trying to think, and what's actually so? This is just a true thing. When that is happening. Your ability to the, the the more you can hone that, the far better off you're going to be because you're able to keep your heart rate more regular. There's more blood, literally more blood in the front cortex of your brain because that's what happens. That's why you see people going off like uncontrollable. Guess what? Because they are. They can't think because it's like it's got them now and all the blood has left their brain, that part of their brain. It definitely had him. Yeah. Oh, I guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. People there was flying off the handle <clears throat> when we were packing up. So his, his body eventually moved him into another room. Um, he's beacon, at least, at least he was with somebody who, yeah, you know, I don't know if he would have been as bold if he was there by himself either. Right. I feel like you get, you get a bit more yeah. courage because, Hey, if something does definitely. go down, 
my my boy's got my back, right? Definitely. Then he didn't really look like he had anybody's back. Um, he didn't want anything to happen either. Yeah, he was right? like, oh, fuck, like, what? what's going on here? We're here having drinks at someone's magazine <laughs> yeah. launch. Like, yeah. this isn't a fucking it's club. Like, Dude, that guy has gray hair in his beard. What is happening? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, You're not talking about me, right? No, but really, like, think about it. Like, shouldn't we, we're a little past, like, totally. bar fights, totally. right? He was a like, bit young, too, though. Fair enough. Um, but then in packing stuff up, I'm passing the window that him and his buddy is at in the back alley. And oh, I'm like, and now oh. he sees you. Like, he oh. hasn't, he didn't see me or I didn't, I did also didn't, uh, put eye contact there. I'm just like, I know the second I make eye contact over there in any way, that will be the time that he makes eye contact with me. And then I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Okay. This is really great. Do you know how subtle this art that you're talking about is? This is magic right here. I fucking guarantee you, okay, 99.9% sure that guy did not want to fight you. Yeah. He did not want to. No, but here's the thing. This is what's really interesting. If you would have started behaving in the way that he was behaving, in other words, doing your peacock dance and you puffing your chest out and alpha mailing that guy, which you actually alpha mailed him the, the proper way. But if you start doing that, I, I guarantee you the probability of it going to blows just jumped up by about 90 points. And here's the thing. You walking in the back alley, he may have seen you. I, I believe he did. He Okay. So he sees you walk by and he goes, okay, he doesn't see me. Or at least he didn't see me see him. So I'll pretend like I didn't see him. Right? And then you walk by and go, oh, good. He, okay, shit. I didn't catch eye contact with him, right? But if you guys locked eyes. Yeah, all bets would have been off. I guarantee you. Now he goes, oh, and there's a different, just like there's a subtle shift. Because now if I look away from you. I'm, I'm in the jungle. I'm now admitting you just beat me. Yep. But now I look at you and I'm waiting for you to look away or like, okay, who's going to hold it? And then all of a sudden he's like, what? Like doing this now going like that. And then you're kind of going like whatever guy or whatever. Then, then does he now, does he now have to come out? Right. He's got to justify it. Absolutely. He could let you go and be like, yeah, you fucking, he, he walked away. Like if he leaves it there, fine. I'm okay with that. But he, right? That I swear to God, man, I've observed this kind of shit my whole life. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it's it's crazy. Well, and so have I, and and that's been part of, thankfully, some tools I've kept along with me. Whatever choice you make, <clears throat> accept what will happen. Bingo. That's what I mean about being conscious, because most people fly off the handle. Before you know it, they're knocked out or they knock somebody else out. And then they're fucking sitting in the courtroom being like, how did I get here? Yeah, totally. Charged with manslaughter. I get here. Ridiculous. Yeah. And that shit happens too. You got to fucking pay attention, man. That's why this is, this is great, man. Like this is like what David Goggins talks about all the time is put yourself into stress. Put yourself into a situations where you need to deal with shit. You have adrenaline. You're Right. Because then when those times come, you'll have the ability to act. He goes, most people spend their whole fucking life avoiding stress, avoiding discomfort. And so then they're then, reacting. Yes. When it happens, they have they left their fucking conscious brain, left the room, and now some animal is trying to solve this problem. Dude, the picture <laughs> in my mind right now <laughs> of, of just an animal, something trolley kind of taking over the, the controls in the mainframe. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, what's happening? What's happening? Your conscious mind's just standing there being like, oh, God, we're going to pay for not, this. Not even, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, it's like that this. movie. What, what was that movie called again? The uh, the Pixar one. Uh, oh, come on, guys. Inside Out. Thank you. Oh, yeah, right. Inside Out was... What? 
big Pixar movie, Anchorman? No, that's uh, definitely not a Pixar movie. A little angry man. Oh, the angry oh, man. Oh, angry man. Okay, yeah. He was an anchorman too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, Ah, oh, it's perfect. That that dichotomy of the four personalities, you know, I, yeah. I see it. Uh, I see it lived in in real time and sometimes in replay. These four characters, man. Yeah, with oh, yourself with and myself. others. Yeah, yeah. I, I see it. I see it all the time. And you know what? That's the, that's one thing that has me less reactive to people. Is right when I'm about to like fuck this guy, right? I. I catch it and I rec- I'm like, oh, and I recognize myself in that person's behavior. And I'm just like, I can't get mad at that. Right. How do I get mad at that? Dude, that, that is a uh, skill that is so hard to not, not even to be able to just uh, have a grasp of, let alone begin or even think that you have a mastery of it. To just have a grasp of that and be able to to pause and, and, and realize what's going on because that instinctive reaction, the other person like literally wants to take over the controls is you're, you're fighting for it now. Yeah. I would say the worst feeling ever, the worst feeling ever is being, is having been taken over while observing it. (laughs) You're just in it and you're going, ah, fuck, I really should not be doing this, but it feels so good. Yeah, I, I guess I guess uh, to to my point earlier about putting yourself in stressful situations, it's just by virtue of how I was brought up that I was in many situations where heart rate was up, adrenaline was high, things were going down, and and I've and I've actually could probably go through the the files here and remember kind of observe how that occurred, like the growing up of it, and a lot of it has to do with with. Uh, just my upbringing, the environment, but also how I got through it was a lot to do with training that I took and things that I did where I at least knew that if push came to shove, I could likely take care of myself. However, that was the last thing that I wanted to do. Like, no thank you. Because I knew, again, I saw people in controlled environments get fucking tuned up. And I got tuned up and I tuned people up. So when you see that frequently, you know, fuck one wrong move and I could die one wrong move and I could be face down, done. Fuck that. I don't want to fuck with that, especially in an uncontrolled environment. Yeah, totally. No, thank you. So you better believe if it like, like you, to your point last night, you're having that conversation. Fuck. Do I do it now? Do I do something? Do I do something? Is it time? Do I, is this a push thing? Do I run? Do I hit the guy? What do I do when you're thinking about that? That's the point where it's like. Exactly to your point. If I, if, if. I was I, when I was in the alley, I was thinking about okay. Let's say he does come out, or he he knew he knew I was in the alley and he's waiting for me. Like all of these stories are are, are being fast forwarded. Yeah, mind. yeah. It's like going. It's like amazing how many different uh, clips will come up. Eh? And I have. Uh, they're probably about thirty pounds, and there are these steel grids that Maya uses to hang all of her art on. Super awkward. Yeah, awkward. To hold. Like they're about six feet, six feet by by. Yeah, those two white, feet, those and white they ones. They fold together. No, they're they're steel, steel. No, I thought. That, anyways, I thought I saw them on a different show, but uh, anyway, I get what you're so saying. So I'm holding it. I'm holding it like. Um, <laughs> 
like it, it's heavy, right? It's I'm using both of my hands, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if he comes out, I'm just gonna throw this at him, because it's got a lot of. It's thirty pounds of steel coming at you, wide surface area. I'm bound to get him away from me very quickly because now he's got to deal with this thing. Yeah. Uh, thank God, I didn't have to you worry about that. Yeah, you don't even want to go there because it's like. And if I do do that, and this happens, to your point, it's like, what if, what if he falls the wrong way? He hits something. Yeah, dude. Like all of that. Yeah. All of that was going on in inside of seconds of me going back and forth. Hundred percent. I'm sure I've shared this story on the podcast before, but there, it goes back to when I was a kid, once in high school. One of my uh, my coaches, Dave Grandy. Shout out to Dave Grandy. Um, still, if I saw him today, it would be like we never parted ways, right? But he was a guy who came in. He was young. He was more relatable to us when we were teenagers. He was like 26. And I remember a time where he stopped us in the hallway and he gave us a, like a pep talk because we were all, I wasn't, again, planning on fighting, but there I am in a situation where I have there's my buddies, going there's something going down. We're heading to a place where we know there's some shit going down. So he stops us in the hallway and he goes, hey guys, where are you headed? We're like, oh, we're just going to grab some lunch. He goes, you think I'm fucking stupid? We're just like, what? we look right up at him. We're like, what? He goes, I know exactly where you're going. And he goes... I'm not going to stop you. I can't stop you. He's like, so before you go, just know what you're getting yourself into. He goes, and he, then he went on to either, either tell us a story or remind us of a story that it told us where he was in university. I'm sure this story is true, but if he was in university, a buddy of his who he played football with was, you know, all the stuff, the accolades, all Canadian going to get drafted, all this stuff. He's a pretty big dude. He's a linebacker. And, uh, he was kind of like the pub bouncer guy. But I guess there was like a dorm party going on and he was kind of partying, but acting as the bouncer guy. Right. And apparently there was a dude there getting obnoxious and he takes this guy and he fucking gives him just a one punch. But the guy like fell down like the stoop stairs and fucking cracked his skull and died. And he go and he looked at us. He's like, he's currently serving like eight, his eighth of a 12 year sentence or something like that. And And he's like, so just know what you're getting yourself into. And we're just like. Holy shit. A little bit of humble. That was like, oh, okay. Like, And what's great about that story is it's not the threat of you being hurt. No. It's the consequences even. They're both are very, there's a very real risk, but it's the consequence of your actions too, right? That's that's the thing that is really there to fear. Yeah, man. And that's the, uh, out of all of that, uh, what we've talked about, that is the theme how we manage our stressful situations and the consequences are we present to the consequences when whatever happens happens have we thought that far ahead have we have we looked at all the angles and we all look at all the angles so you can't say you you didn't think about it or you weren't you didn't think that that would happen because in a split second we are thinking about what from any angle what could happen all of us. It's like that scene in uh, Avengers. What is it? Uh, Infinity War. Where fucking uh, spoiler alert. No, no, no. This is the old the old movie. But it's uh, yeah. But somebody might not have seen it. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's his name? Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. He's going through like the fourteen million potential scenarios that could happen. Right. Right. <laughs> it's we're all kind of you know doing that. And oh, it's, man, I didn't even 
make that connection. But yeah, that's a really great metaphor for the reality of each of us at every moment of a decision to be made. And it's your, your ability to be present in those moments to catch that wisdom. Because that's where your brilliance is going to show up. Because all the possible scenarios, what action to take, it's in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. So if you can be present, and that, that's the whole point about how our world, how our life is today, right? Frantic, busy, fucking always got to keep up. You got to get up every day and do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So when your attention is spread that thin, it's difficult to be present and take the right actions, right? Yeah, man. If you're burnt out, you want to be like, fuck. I know what to do, but I'm not doing it. (laughs) So that was episode 68. You know, it's funny. I I always come into an episode not knowing what the hell we're going to talk about and always start the episode talking about stuff. So if it's indicative of anything, it is to just keep talking about stuff that matters. At the end of the day, we all have choice. Whether we're willing to accept the responsibility for choice, that's a whole other thing. But we all have choice. And we all have the opportunity to do the right thing. So when you see that there is something to be done, knowing that we have choice, understanding uh, the consequences of any of those choices that we make on, on one side or another, I would say... And certainly what I've gotten out of this is, what am I standing for? What do I believe in? What uh, is important for me? What do I want my kids to, to be able to do? Uh, and and are, are uh, seeing it through seeing what I do, my actions. And, uh, and then I, I follow through on those actions and I accept the responsibility of those actions. And, uh, and it's just that simple. And it actually uh, is part of now what has an inclusive society versus just a a diverse society. I'm one to really drive for more inclusivity, to to create community, to to want to uh, make sure that we're all heard, gotten, understood. And it takes something for each of us to do that. I hope you got something out of this. I hope you uh, pass this forward. I hope you do something that you would not normally do because you know it's the right thing to do and understand and appreciate the ripple effect that that's going to have, whether you're present to it or not. Enjoy your weekend. I'm going to drop the mic.